The following program has been paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church. From the heart of the Pacific, in Honolulu, Hawaii, Apostolic Faith Church presents the Kingdom of God Crusade. Join us now for another hour of worship with Pastor Han, the church choir, and the band. We hope and pray that you'll find this next hour a blessing. Good morning, I'm here Pastor Billy Han Jr. And I'd like to thank you for joining us today. We welcome you to the Kingdom of God Crusade telecast being brought to you every Sunday morning, not only here in Hawaii from 8 to 9 a.m., but also in parts of California from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XD TV channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSC channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KBTV Channel 8 and Comcast Channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU-TV Channel 28 in Eureka. From 7 to 8 a.m. on station KVME Channel 20 in Los Angeles, San Bernardino. From 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR-TV Channel 11 in Monterey. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY Channel 9 in El Central California and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR Channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZJO Channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW Channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, and parts of Nevada and Wyoming from 11 to 12 midnight on station KGBY-TV, Channel 20 in Grand Junction, Colorado, from 7 to 8 a.m. on Time Warner Cable Channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like more information on our church and view our Kingdom of God Crusade telecast in its entirety, be sure to visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. The Apostolic Faith Church, located at 1043 Middle Street, is the headquarters of the gospel of the Kingdom of God for the whole world, with a sign on the roof of the temple, Jesus coming soon, a landmark in Kalihi for over 95 years, and our prayer tower, the first of its kind in Hawaii, dedicated exclusively for prayer. The church was founded by the late Charles and Ada B. Larbaum on August the 4th, 1923, and passed on to our late chief pastor, William M. Hahn Sr., in 1959, who continued the gospel to its fullness. We hope and pray that this telecast will draw you closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and be a real blessing to you, our television audience, saints wherever you are, and the shut-ins, that is those of you in the hospitals and convalescent and homes. And should you need prayer or someone to pray over you, please don't hesitate to call the phone number designated at the conclusion of the telecast. Today we are celebrating the 45th anniversary of the Balogo Branch Church located in North Cotabato, Mindanao, Philippines. The work is currently overseen by Pastor Hannibal and Mrs. Deborah Espera. 
We thank the Lord for their faithfulness and love for the saints of God as they continue to carry on the gospel across the waters. The church choir under the direction of Emilia Hahn will start off today's telecast with this inspired and spirit-inspiring song entitled Promises. They will be able to accompany by Tiare Summers on the piano and Rose Pohaku Carter on the organ. The Lord's promises are sure and true and yea and amen. As we stand on the rock, Christ Jesus, we can be assured that he's only a prayer away and we will be there to deliver us in time of trouble. Please join in and sing with the choir as you see the words appear on your screen.
A church band under the direction of yours truly will play the song entitled, Praise the Lord, He Never Changes. Yes, TV viewers, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Our God is our great comforter and burden bearer. He's always there to make the crooked paths way straight and turn all our tests and trials into glorious victories.
Our soloist for today is Sherlina Bing, who will give the Lord all the praises and glory, singing the beautiful song, Whisper a Prayer. Doing her background music will be Tiari Summers on the piano, Associate Pastor Marvin Abing on the bass, and just the Associate Pastor, Evan Sproul Sr., and Mason Asano Sr. on the guitars. Prayer is an important facet of the gospel work. It is the power of prayer that moves the mighty hand of God, that moves the whole world. As we turn our eyes upon Jesus, He will answer our prayers and give us the peace, joy, and happiness in the Holy Spirit. The church choir will not perform their final number for today entitled, Happiness is Lord. 
Happiness is having the full and free salvation and sharing the gospel to all of our friends and loved ones. The gospel is the good news that Jesus saves, Jesus heals, Jesus baptizes with the Holy Ghost and with fire, and Jesus is coming soon. Give a listen to the words of this song that are truly an inspiration and comfort to us. Real joy is mine, no matter if teardrops start. I found the secret, it's Jesus in my heart. Blessed to hear from the church orchestra under the direction of Trusty Associates Pass, Evans Pro Sr., who will play the toe tapping song entitled Get All Excited. They will be able to come by Yard Studio on the piano and members of the flute and string section of the band. We should get all excited and be ready to share the love of Jesus, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He is the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. For with the Lord, all things are possible as we put our faith, hope, and trust in Him.
The BA degrees under the direction of Rose Bahaku Carter will now blend their voices to the song entitled, He's an On-Time God. The Lord's time is always the perfect time, according to His own will and way. He will always be there when we need Him. As the words to the song goes, He's an on-time God. He may not come when you want Him, but He'll be there right on time. And now it is with great pleasure to dedicate this song to a dear couple in Christ, who are none other than Mr. and Mrs. Jack and Edna Wright Sr. May the Lord continue to strengthen you spiritually and physically and pour forth His bountiful blessings upon you both. Have a wonderful Sunday.
Praise the Lord, and good morning, everyone. I'm Associate Pastor Melvin Honda, and would like to repeat our television time stations and locations in the continental United States for our viewing audience, especially if any of you plan to visit or reside in California, that these telecasts can now be viewed every Sunday morning from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XDTV channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSC channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KBTV channel 8 and Comcast channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU TV channel 28 in Eureka, from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KVME channel 20 in Los Angeles, San Bernardino, from 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR TV channel 11 in Monterey, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY Channel 9 in El Centro, California and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR TV Channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZJO Channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW Channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah and parts of Nevada and Wyoming from 11 to 12 midnight on station KGB-TV channel 20 in Grand Junction, Colorado, from 7 to 8 a.m. on Time Warner Cable channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like to know more about our gospel work and view our Kingdom of God Crusade telecast in its entirety, please visit our website on JesusComingSoon.org. And now concerning the schedule of gospel services here in our home state, Hawaii, services are held at the temple every Tuesday and Friday at 7 p.m. On Sunday, gospel services start at 10 a.m. and divine healing services at 7 p.m. Sunday school for all ages begin at 9 a.m. and prayer services are held daily in the prayer tower at 2 p.m. except on Fridays at 10 a.m. At our Kamaki Branch Church located at 1361 Palolo Avenue, gospel services are held on Sundays and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. The same schedule is observed by neighbor island branch churches as services are also conducted by Pastor Reginald V. Castanera Sr. in Kanakakai, Molokai, by Pastor Kenneth M. L. Verio in Lahaina, Maui, by Pastor Walter I. Tinloy in Hilo, Hawaii, by Pastor Leonard K. Y. Asano Sr. in Koloa, Kauai, by Pastor Hannibal Espero in Balogo, Pikawain, and by Pastor Vesper Espero at President Rojas, Cotobato, Mindanao, Philippines. You're welcome to attend these services regardless of church affiliations. There are no collections. However, if you desire to voluntarily contribute to support these telecasts and the Lord's work, you may do so by sending your donations to the address designated at the conclusion of the telecast. And now I'd like to return our program back to Head Pastor Billy Hahn Jr., who will bring forth his spirit-directed and spirit-inspired sermon. Pastor Billy? Thank you, Melvin. It is true, viewers, the Bible is an amazing and formidable resource and tool. And if you have made not made the discovery, I want to assure you it is filled with material that is necessary to sustain a strong spiritual life and special ways on how you can serve and please God. If your Bible has been pushed aside for a long while, why not brush off the dust on it and begin to reinstate it right now? As I present my sermon and invite you to join me today in the reading of God's Word. What a wonderful way to begin the message the Lord has given me and which I have entitled God's Choice. 
the question arises, what kind of man does God use? Without doubt, God's measuring rod is different compared to ours. God has the ability to look into the inner hearts of men and see what we cannot see. God does not choose men for their wisdom, as men count wisdom. Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 1, 27, 28, but God had chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, and God had chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty, and base things of the world, and things which are despised had God chosen. Yea, and things which are not, to bring to naught things that are. Not because there is virtue in being weak, but human weakness magnifies strength. God is the only one who can take what the world cannot see and put its strongest to flight. Verse 29 says that no flesh should glory in his presence. There is no place for human pride in the presence of God. First, God uses a man who has intestinal fortitude, one who is not afraid. However, the Bible tells us there is a fear that is good. We read Deuteronomy 6, 13 to 15. Thou shalt fear the Lord thy God and serve him and shalt swear by his name. He shall not go after other gods of the gods of the people which are round about you. For the Lord thy God is a jealous God among you. Lest the anger of the Lord thy God be kindled against thee and destroy thee from off the face of the earth. Jesus confirms this in Matthew 10, 28, And fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him which is able to both destroy both soul and body in hell. He goes on to say in Revelations 1, 18, I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and death. But there is a fear that brings torment and causes one to disobey God. Reading Proverbs 29, 25, The fear of man bringeth a snare, but whoso putteth his trust in the Lord shall be safe. Therefore, the man whom God chooses must be able to conquer both his fear of men and his fear of failure. Thus we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. In 1 Samuel 17, we read of a young man who stood up to the giant Goliath, while all the armies of Israel hid in their tents, afraid to show their faces. David had been sent there by Jesse, his father, to bring victuals to his brothers who were with the army. As David brought the food to his brothers, the giant Goliath began to insult the children of Israel. But David defied Goliath. Reading from Samuel 17, 26, And David spake to the men that stood by him, saying, What shall be done to the man that killeth this Philistine, and taketh away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the arms of the living God? Now Eliab, David's older brother, heard what David had said, and with a sneer mocked him. You read in verse 28, And Eliab, his eldest brother, heard when he spake unto the men, and Eliab's anger was kindled against David. And he said, Why camest thou down hither? And with who hast thou left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know thy pride and the naughtiness of thine heart, for thou come down that thou mightest see the battle. However, we find that David never let the accusations of his brother nor the size of the joint scare him. There are three reasons why David was not afraid. One, David had spiritual insight, which he received from God while shepherding the sheep. In verse 29, David said, What have I done? Is there not a cause? 
Eliab had made fun of his younger brother in front of the soldiers. But David controlled his temper and answered quietly. This victory over himself was greater than his conquest of Goliath. He had the spiritual insight to see there was something greater that was transpiring rather than just a confrontation with a giant. He detected that it was a struggle between good and evil, and the situation was warranted a championship. David had the spiritual vision to see what needed to be done. We read in Proverbs 29:18, where there is no vision, the people perish, but he that keepeth the law, happy is he. It is easy in these perilous times to lose one's spiritual vision, to be called looking at the problem and the difficulty and not at the size of our Savior's power. The Lord spoke to the church at Laodicea. We read Revelations 3.18, I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich and white raiment, that thou mayest be clothed, and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear. And anoint thine eyes with eye salve, that, they may, that thou mayest see. The city of Laodicea was famous for its school of medicine, where eye doctors had discovered a wonderful salve that cured a kind of blindness. The Lord spoke to those people in a way that they should have understood if they so desired. Today, many in the church need their eyes anointed so they may have spiritual vision. By the Holy Ghost spake Isaiah the prophet unto the fathers, reading Acts 28, 26 to 27, Go unto this people and say, Hearing ye shall hear and shall not understand, and seeing ye shall see and not perceive. For the heart of this people is wax grouse, and their ears are dull in hearing, and their eyes have they closed, lest they should see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their heart, and should be converted, and I should heal them. Two, David had spiritual hindsight. He told the story that while he was watching his father's sheep, there came a lion and a bear and took a lamb out of the flock. Let us read 1 Samuel 17, 35. And I went after him and smote him and delivered it out of his mouth. And when he rose against me, I caught him by his beard and smote him and slew him. The Goliaths of this world have killed a lot of God's people because they never learned how to handle the lions and the bears that were a part of their lives. David learned what it was like to live a victorious life through the Lord. When time came for him to defend Israel, he was ready. And three, David had spiritual foresight not to try to use Saul's armor. That was not God's way for David. His slingshot that had served him well when defending his sheep would be sufficient for this task as well. He picked up five smooth stones, and the Philistine, Goliath, looked upon David with disdain. We read 42nd through the 45th verses, And the Philistine said unto David, Am I a dog that thou comest to me with staves? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I will give thy flesh unto the fowls of the air, and to the beasts of the field. Then said David to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with a sword, and with a spear, and with a shield. But I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. To do anything in the name of the Lord means to do it entirely for his honor and pleasure, free of any or all selfish motives. David did not fight Goliath in order to get the rewards offered by Saul, but only to prove the reality and power of the living God whom the Philistines had despised. The Lord delivered Goliath into David's hand. 
We see that God certainly uses a man who has intestinal fortitude. Peter tells us in 1 Peter 5a, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Today, God is looking for men who will be totally committed to him. In John chapter 6, the story is told that Jesus had journeyed over the Sea of Galilee. And a great multitude followed him because they saw or heard the miracles he performed. There were many there that needed help. Jesus went into the mountains and sat with his disciples. And when he lifted his eyes, he saw a great company coming in his direction. He knew they had been in that region a long time and needed victuals. Jesus spoke to Philip. We read in John 6, 5, When shall we buy bread that these may eat? And this he said to prove him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him, 200 pennyworth of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them may take a little. It is easy to look at a problem and at our human supply and say that what we have is not sufficient to meet the need. There was a lad that Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, bought to the Lord. Andrew was one that mingled with the multitude. And while doing so, found a young boy who had brought his lunch with him. What he had was not enough for the multitudes. Jesus took the five loaves, the two small fish, and as he blessed these victuals, he began to break them. He gave the broken pieces to the disciples who were to pass the food out to the multitude. When their hunger was pacified, the Lord spoke. Let us read in John 6, 12 to 14. He said unto his disciples, gather up the fragments that remain that nothing be lost. In other words, save the leftovers. We may have to use them again. Therefore, they gathered them together and filled 12 baskets with fragments of the five barley loaves which remained over and above unto them that had eaten. Then those men, when they had seen the miracle that Jesus did, said, this is a true prophet that should come into the world. Sometimes the Lord wants us to bless us, but cannot because we are still withholding something from him. Listen to Luke 6, 38. Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down and shaken together and running over shall men give unto your bosom. For with the same measure ye meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. The reason God did not bless some people is because their giving of tithes and offering was too little or too short. The word of God says the Lord will bless in direct proportion to one's gift. We read Paul's words to us in 2 Corinthians 8, 12 and 14. For if there be first a willing mind, it is accepted according to that a man hath, and not according to that he hath not. But by an equality that now at this time your abundance may be supplied for their want, that their abundance also may be a supply for your want, that there may be equality. God loves a cheerful giver. The mark of generosity is the act of doing more than is expected of you. There lived a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. He was among the best of men in his community and was much respected of him at that time. He was truly a religious man. He had attained great heights in the study of religion and in living a strict, devout life. Thus, he had been a member of the select group called the Sanhedrin, which was virtually a religious supreme court. However, he realized being religious was not good enough to enter into the kingdom of God. He needed to be born again. There are many men today like Nicodemus. They live good, clean lives. They serve well in civic life. They are honest in business. They are good to their families. They even go to church and contribute to worthy causes. But let me tell you, TV viewers, that is not enough. You can't rest your hope of entering heaven upon your own goodness or works. 
Read that Nicodemus came to Jesus by night, and the Lord spoke to Nicodemus about the new birth. Listen to John 3, 2. The same came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. As we see Nicodemus coming to Jesus, we should also see a similar picture which would include the entire human race instead. Nicodemus came by night because anyone caught consulting with Jesus was cast out of the synagogue. Hence, here is Nicodemus, the religious leader, who slipped out under the cover of darkness to see Jesus. Under his long robe, there was a heart which was hungry for something better than what he had. Surely Nicodemus was not satisfied with the rites and ceremonies in which he participated. Jesus told Nicodemus, you have religion, position, and power, but unless you are born again, you can never see the kingdom of God. A man in this world may see the great sights of it, but if he has never been born again, he will never see the kingdom of God. As you read in John 3, 3, Jesus answered and said unto him, that is Nicodemus, verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. What kingdom was Jesus talking about? There is a mineral kingdom where one finds all manner of stones and jewels, but God's kingdom outshines even that. There is a vegetable kingdom where one finds exotic trees, plants, and flowers. But God's kingdom will be filled with beauty and even beyond then. Then there is an animal kingdom as well. However, Jesus had the following to say to Nicodemus as you read in John 3, 5. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. And the seventh verse reads, marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. To be born of water is to be baptized by immersion in the name of Jesus Christ. To be born of the Spirit means to speak in an unknown tongue or language, which is the Bible's way of proving the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now, Nicodemus never heard anything like this before. When Jesus used the word born, Nicodemus could think of nothing but physical birth. Thus he questioned, how can these things be? I'm an old man, can I go back into my mother's womb? the second time and be born, with all his religious background, can see that Nicodemus did understand spiritual truths. The second birth is a spiritual one, as you find in John 3, 8. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh, and whither it goeth. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. In other words, the work of the Holy Spirit in saving men is like the wind, it is from heaven, though it cannot be seen, and its power and work can never be fully understood. It can be heard. It is very powerful, and finally, it gives life. It is the breath of life, which makes man a living soul. Thus, we see that baptism is essential to salvation. Jesus charges his disciples with a great commission. We read in Mark 16, 15 to 16, And he said unto them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. Peter confirms this by saying, The like figure whereunto even baptism doth also save us. Baptism means to dip, plunge, or immerse. Without proper baptism, it will be impossible to enter into the kingdom of God. Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection set the precedence for the salvation of mankind. The most essential element of water baptism is that it is be consummated in the name of Jesus Christ, according to Acts 2.38. Repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, 
and he shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Without his name, all water baptism is null and void. One who is born can't be unborn. He was born of my father and my mother and always will be their child. Since I am born of water and of the Spirit, I will always be a child of God. He has the power to save and keep me. Acts 4.12 declares, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. And that, my friends, in the viewing audience, is the gospel of the kingdom of God in a nutshell. Now, let's refocus upon our message, God's choice. There are many interesting stories in the life of Israel. One of them is when they crossed over the Jordan River. God performed a miracle at the crossing of the Jordan as he did at the crossing of the Red Sea. All the Israelites passed over on dry ground, which was a miracle indeed. However, they immediately ran against the walled city of Jericho. Israel was not prepared to knock the wall down, much less defeat Jericho. But Joshua was instructed by God to tell the people to start marching and to march once each day and seven times on Sunday. Listen to Joshua 6, 4 to 5. And seven priests shall bear before the ark seven trumpets of ram's horns, and the seventh day shall compass the city seven times. And the priests shall blow with the trumpets, and it shall come to pass that when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, and when ye hear the sound of the trumpet, oh, the people shall shout with a great shout, and the wall of the city shall fall down flat, and the people shall ascend up every man straight before him. Seven priests, seven trumpets, seven days, seven times. The number seven is found repeatedly in scriptures. It is a number of divine perfection and of completeness. I'm sure the people of Jericho found it amusing to see the Israelites marching around the wall day after day. You can almost hear the laughter. What do they think they are going to do? Choke us to death with the dust from their stomping their feet? It is easy for us to want victory when we have done only part of the job or have marched only half the required amount. We must march all the way to gain the complete victory. The central truth here is that spiritual victories are won by means and upon principles utterly foolish and inadequate in the view of human wisdom. Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians 10, 4-5, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing to captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. As children of God, we know how to march around the walls with our prayers. We know how to line up leaders in every department, whether it be the choir, the band, the orchestra, so forth. We know how to say amen, hallelujah, praise the Lord. We know how many times to march in order to break down the walls of sin. And if the walls of unbelief does not fall, it is because we have forgotten how to shout with a voice of triumph. Therefore, after you have completed marching, let your trumpet sound and shout with a great shout, for the Lord has given you the victory. Don't give up. Keep on marching and look for the high calling of Christ Jesus. While here on earth, we must begin to live the complete and perfect Christian life through the power of Christ. For that life we shall know in heaven as well. And now if you would like to know more about God's Word, the church, 
and review these telecast presentations in its entirety, please visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. Until our next telecast, this is your host, Head Pastor Billy Hahn Jr., expressing my sincerest appreciation to each of you who have allowed us to come into your homes. May the good Lord bless and keep you all in the hollow of his hands. And now at this time, we call upon the church band to conclude today's telecast with the upbeat song entitled, Come to the Feast.
The preceding program was paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church.